Hey guys, and welcome to the drop-off a once-in-a-while podcast between father and son about life, sports, and everything in between. So, this weekend, or I guess this past week, a ton of huge NBA news dropped. So, what has been going on? Okay, well, let's just, let's just take it step-by-step, order-by-order. Last week, okay, so where we were on a trip, and where were we when you were like, dude, Dame got traded? We were driving from Boston to um, Bar Harbor. Okay, yeah. So we're taking a little family vacation um, to visit the seminary that um, I and your mother met at. uh, And met, started dating, got married, you were born. We're taking a family vacation up there. Went to National Park, Acadia National Park near Bar Harbor. And... Damian Lillard was traded. So it's been this huge, you know, long Damian his trade request. He said, I'm only going to Miami. Miami's best offer really wasn't that great. And so all of a sudden at the kind of 11th hour right before training camp opens, another team that also starts with an M traded for Damian Lillard, and that team was the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, what are your instant reactions to the fact that Dame just got traded to probably the Celtics, your favorite team's biggest Eastern Conference rival? Well, it was just, it was crazy news. I was shocked. Um, I really didn't know what was going on. I thought it was fake when I saw it because, I mean, like, he was going to Miami. And the offer they gave him, it didn't even seem that much more appealing. It was Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, and, like, two or three first-rounders. I don't really remember. But, oh, one first, two swaps. That doesn't even seem all that much better than what Miami was offering. Yeah, I mean, as as we'll see, as we'll talk about later in the podcast, it really was a two-part trade. And so I think the fact that there was multiple steps to it, that they could repackage and get more assets, made it a much better. Ended up much being, being a much better deal because, okay, Drew Holiday is probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA I think, like, true NBA fans really understand, like, his role and his impact. Um, But kind of the average NBA fan wouldn't think much about Drew Holiday and maybe wouldn't even think, like, Tyler Harrow's, like, they would maybe think Tyler Harrow and Drew Holiday are, like, equal players. Um, But that certainly isn't the case, especially when you're talking about two-way impact um, and the fact that probably every team in the NBA would want Drew Holiday on their team. Um, So, yeah, Dame going to Milwaukee, really switching out Dame, and uh, Milwaukee's losing a lot of their depth, though. You know, they're losing Drew Holiday. Uh, they lost Grayson Allen. They don't really have much depth, especially on the perimeter. What do you think? What do you think about the Milwaukee's team after this trade? I think they're really good. I'm scared of them. It's not that I wasn't scared of them before the trade, but I'm even more scared of them because um, the fact that Dame. Like, last year, they didn't have anybody to hit those big shots when Giannis was injured. But now, Dame, he's, he's like, one of the best big shot players in the NBA. He hit that um, three against... Did he hit that three against the Rockets in the first round? He hit the Paul George shot... The shot over Paul George against OKC. He's one of the... He's one of the best, um, like, I don't know how to say Clutch. Clutch players in my time, at least. Yeah, your time. He would call it Dame time. Um, yeah, they are going to be nasty. It, obviously, um, they're very top-heavy now. 
but I mean, there's when their starting four contain starting five contains these four guys at least: uh, Dame Lillard, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and just like throw pretty much any fifth guy in there who's like just league average. They're gonna be a pretty potent team. The question is, you know, do they have any depth outside of Bobby Portis? Will uh, Beauchamp be able to take a step forward? Who else do they have even on the perimeter? And so it'll be interesting to see how that team comes together. Um, but Dame, Giannis, pick and roll with Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton spread outside, it's pretty devastating. I think right now it's probably Pat Connaughton is going to be that fifth guy. Um, and I think Pat Connaughton, he, he's a 40% three-point shooter, especially when he's going to be getting wide open looks from that Dame Giannis pick and roll. One, um, like, let's say, um, part of the trade that flew under the radar, I think, is that DeAndre Ayton is now on the Portland Trailblazers. They um, traded, in the three-team trade, they traded Ayton for basically Nurkic. And Grayson Allen. Yeah, so why did they need that piece in the three-teamer to make this even work? Like, why couldn't this have just been Portland, Milwaukee straight up? I think it could have, but it was more like a like add-on. Like the Portland Trailblazers just traded Nurkic and Grayson Allen for DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, maybe Portland just had to give up a bunch more stuff because not only did the Suns get Nurkic, but they also got Nasir Little, who, I don't know, the ba- people who watch basketball ever since like his uh, North Carolina days have wanted Nasir Little to be like something more than he has been. And it's always like, oh, you know, he could be so much more. And we'll just see about that. Maybe um, we listened to a podcast a little while ago with Austin Rivers, who is an NBA player, son of former NBA player, current head or former NBA head coach, Doc Rivers. And he was saying that so much of success in the NBA from 90% of NBA players is the situation that they end up in. Right. And so if you end up in a not great situation, that can really, uh, you know, derail your career or prevent it from advancing it as far as it might have. So maybe you just need to change the scenery. And maybe that's true for DeAndre Ayton as well. Maybe Phoenix wasn't the best spot for him. Maybe he couldn't handle the spotlight of, you know, being going deep into the playoffs so early in his career, um, having so much pressure on him. Maybe that's not the kind of player he is. Maybe he needs to grow into it. Maybe he doesn't need it. He doesn't want to be that guy. And so he's on a team now with kind of bigger personalities. Scoot Henderson's obviously the leader of the future of the Portland Trailblazers. And so maybe he can grow with those guys, Shaden Sharp, um, a couple other guys that the young players they have, Anthony Simons. I think the thing is he wants to be the guy. Because with the problem was that he didn't think he got enough um, like opportunity because of Devin Booker and at some, one point Chris Paul and now Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. Yeah, that's just dumb then. I mean, you got to know <laughs> you got to know your role. Like, obviously, you got to know the pecking order. I think maybe he just didn't want to do the things that uh, he needed to do, you know, which was like play really amazing defense protect the rim grab rebounds set amazing screens um sadly for like you know that's just the, the role of the big man they're the the post-up game the face-up game unless you are elite 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 uh like nikola jokic um who obviously is just a virtuoso passer as well you're not going to have the offense built around you if you're a big man uh your job is kind of do the dirty work clean up on the glass um make sure the rim is protected and maybe he didn't want to do that but if he doesn't want to do that even in portland you know he's he's got robert williams now right behind him breathing down his neck and so let's talk about the second part of what went down this past week okay so actually before we get there i also want you, i know you have a big bucks fan in your life who's one of your best friends how how did he respond to this trade what does he think about it 
he was super excited. I don't think he cared that they only had six good players on their team. But um, he's a huge Pat Connaughton fan, so I think he's happy that he gets to start now. And he's super excited about the trade. Uh, okay, huge Pat Connaughton fan. Never heard those four words put together. Um, actually, I just thought maybe Austin Rivers would be a good pickup for the Bucks. He seems like he'd be a solid um, you know, backup point guard or kind of third, third, fourth guard off the bench. Okay, so yeah, Bucks fans are super excited. Celtics fans are completely bummed because the Bucks seem like they have improved. But then part two is uh, what what happens a couple days later. So it happened during the middle of church. So I didn't figure it out till like an hour later or something. But Drew Holiday was traded to the Celtics for Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams, and no. Robert Williams and two first rounders. Yeah, was it? I think it was one first round and one swap, right? It was one first round and the protected. It was one first and the protected Warriors pick. Oh, that's right, the protected Warriors pick that's conveying next year, twenty twenty four, or this upcoming year, I guess this upcoming draft. Um, yeah, so huge, huge news. Um, really, it just seems like an arms race now. Everyone's trying to load up. As a Celtics fan, give me your instant react, instant reactions when you found out this news. I was super excited. We basically have the same team as we did last year with Christoph Porzingis instead of um, Grant Willi- or Robert Williams. Except we lost Grant Williams. Um, and Drew Holiday instead of Marcus Smart. And that's basically what we needed. I don't think... I didn't really like Malcolm Brogdon, so I'm fine with losing him. I actually would wanted him to be traded for KP, but I think it's a really good trade. Yeah, I mean... This this really is just it. I'm just so excited to see what these teams are going to look like. Uh, I love Drew Holiday as a player. I just f- feel like he fits exactly what they want to do. And right right when they made the Bucks trade, I was just like, oh man! Like the fact y'all don't have Marcus Smart anymore. I think I was like, Smart is exactly who y'all need to guard someone like Damian Lillard and to really um, stand a chance against that. But then you basically got someone who's better, like better than all the things that Marcus Smart does. Um, obviously, Marcus Smart won that Defensive Player of the Year award a couple years ago. But I would say Drew Holiday is just as worthy of being kind of one of the best perimeter defenders. He probably doesn't do as much of like the guarding the post as Marcus Smart does. He's like not as flashy um, of a defender, you know, stepping to charge and things like that. But in terms of someone just guarding on the ball, getting over screens, just being so strong, uh, Drew Holiday is pretty, pretty much. Uh, the best player you can get at that, who has like that well-rounded game. Um, and so, who do you think your starting five is? Finishing five? Do you think it's flexible based on lineup? Like, what do you see as the the Celtics' best lineup uh, competing for a championship this year? Their best lineup is either Drew Holiday, Brown, Tatum, Horford, and KP, or KP, Tatum, Brown. White and Holiday. Yeah, man, just just hearing you say that, that team is stacked. I mean, hopefully, the, the big the big X factor, I think, is KP staying healthy because y'all are really, really thin in the big men now. You know, you're, you're relying a lot on what, how, how old is Al Horford now, 37? You know, 37-year-old Al Horford. Uh, KP, who just played the most games he's ever played, I think, in a season this past season. Uh, but even that was 65, but he's got plantar fasciitis that prevented him from playing in the uh, World Cup of basketball. Uh, but it's, apparently he's, he played in a scrimmage recently, 
and didn't have any issues. Um, and so plantar fasciitis is one of those kind of usage things that you got to watch and hopefully it doesn't come back. Uh, but you know, obviously every team is like this, you know, if they stay healthy, you got to put that as a caveat, but if they stay healthy, you know, I, I say they're definitely one of the top, top two in the East, uh, championship contenders. And they're right up there, I think with Denver and, uh, the Lakers in the West. How excited are you about this upcoming season? I'm very excited, but besides Al Horford, they don't really have any bench depth. There's Payne Pritchard, who requested trade this season, or this offseason. So, and then you have, like, O'Shea Brissett, Jordan Walsh, Delano Banton. But they're not as deep as they used to be. That's true. Um, but I, I think everyone just recognizes that in the playoffs, that depth just doesn't really matter. You know, like... Obviously, it's great if you can go 10 guys deep in the regular season, keep your stars fresh, but you really only need like seven guys you can ride with in the playoffs. And so, uh, y'all got six. And just, maybe you can find one more seventh guy in the bio market. Austin Rivers, you know, we're just like saying Austin Rivers would be fit well on every team, but y'all need a big man. And so, what big men are, are out there that you think are like feasible gets? Because right, right now, your team is very expensive. So, you really can only afford like a kind of a minimum buyout guy. Who's, who, who is that person that you'd be looking for? Also, Blake Griffin is yet to resign. I think. I really have no clue. I don't really trust. Um, maybe like Tristan Thompson. I don't really know. <laughs> he was on the Celtics for a little while, Freedom. but I think he's on the Raptors. But I don't know. Maybe we can try and get Daniel Tice again. I mean, I think y'all should have gotten Dominique Barlow from the Spurs. I mean, he, he would not have been that expensive, and he's been really solid, but maybe people who aren't, like, watching the Spurs that much wouldn't really recognize that. I think he's he's a young player with a lot of potential. He's probably not ready, not quite ready for the bright lights of, like, you know, deep into the playoffs, um, but that's just one guy that popped into my head. Um, so any kind of final thoughts on everything that went down? Oh, you know, I think if you talk about who are the big losers in this, for me, the big losers are the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. What do you think? I think it's the Miami Heat. Because, of course, they didn't get Dame or Drew Holiday. But I think it's the Clippers also. Because they could have gone Drew Holiday. They could have... I don't know what Harden will do now. But basically, they came out with nothing. After they are like, trying to get everybody. Yeah, I mean, do you... <laughs> I can't imagine putting James Harden on the Clippers. Like, that just seems like a night... Like, you're going to have James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kawhi all on the same team like where, where's the leadership coming from in that in that situation paul george no paul george is just like robin mr number two he's never gonna kind of like be that vocal leader who needs to like get everything in line um so the clippers the clippers are just a mess man i don't i don't know what to say about the clippers uh they're always you know that kind of tantalizing hey when everybody's healthy when everybody's on the court they're like world beaters um but obviously that hasn't been the case for any extended period of time uh, true for the Pelicans as well. You know, there's a lot of teams that are really um, have a lot of potential on paper. You know, I know I know how you love that phrase on paper, uh, but on the court, uh, we've yet to see it. So, uh, really excited about the upcoming season. I don't know if you saw this news, but Devin Vassell resigned as well. Devin Vassell, for those of you who don't know, is on the Spurs. He's probably their, currently he might be their best player, depending on how Victor looks early on in his career. Um, but he, <clears throat> at this point, at least he's kind of the solid number two foundational building building block. The contract was five years, $137 million reported. Oh, no, no, $148 million reported, I think, but that's $11 million in incentive, so really around like $137. 
I think, which goes to about, I don't know, it's like 28 million a year, which sounds like a crazy amount of money, which it is. Obviously, it's like life-changing money, generational wealth, uh, $3 million a year, $150 million over the life of this first contract, which means kind of if you know he stays healthy and continues to improve, his second contract's going to be even more. And so NBA contracts are just crazy money. But Devin Vassell, he's a, he's a great defender, knockdown shooter, really grow, has grown every year. And so I'm really looking forward to this Spurs season, seeing um, how he continues to develop and kind of get that chemistry with Victor. That was, like Brown. That was somewhere around Jalen Brown's contract. So maybe he'll end up with a five-year, $300 million contract. Probably. It's, 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 there's going to be a lot of NBA players who end up making like a billion dollars over the course of their NBA careers, which is just insane. Uh, but that's what happens when you play a sport where each team only has 12 players. Right, as opposed to uh, these other sports where uh, the teams are much larger, baseball, football. Um, you know, it's like football has the same exact salary cap as basketball, except they have like five times the number amount of <laughs> amount of players that they need to pay, which is yeah. just insane. Um, but anyways, thanks for listening to this uh, kind of Dame Lillard, Drew Holiday instant pod reaction. We'd love to hear your thoughts about it, and just look forward to the upcoming season and see how everything plays. All right. Buddy, have a good day at school. Love you. Bye, Dad. Love you. See you, see you later.